<laughs> Welcome to a special Silver Linings episode of our Titans fan podcast. I yes. say Silver Linings because we're, we've heard enough for 24 hours of the doom and gloom and sadness justified. Um, let's start. We're watching the Monday Night Football game. Um, to make us feel better, give your top five worst teams. Land, uh, Landon and I were talking about this earlier. What's your team's worse than the Titans right now? Or by the end of week 17, they're going to be worse than the Titans. Oh, worse than the Titans right now. Yes, what's your bottom five? I mean, speaking of, San Francisco, Wolf, right? I actually think the Colts are worse. I agree. Um, well, why do you think? I think it's because top to bottom, after years of just poor drafting, poor free agent signings, they just, 1-53 to is just a, they're just a bad team. It's not... It's like us three years ago. There's like five good players on that team. That's it. I don't even know if it's that. It's Andrew Luck. It's Malik Hooker. It's uh, T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Um, I think Eric Ebron is probably one of the better tight ends yeah. that they've probably ever had. And is that's it too early for Quinn Nelson, I guess? How has Quinn Nelson played? How's he looked so far? I don't think he's graded out all that well, has he? I, I was afraid that that would. I mean, it's just when you these guys get that much hype, it's like it's really hard to whatever. But um, I don't know. What do you? What, what have you heard on him, Landon? What's his? I haven't really heard anything negative about him, so I suppose that's a good thing. But so as far as I can tell, it's he's not awful or a bust. Well, I guess that's just. Sorry, go ahead. I guess that's just the nature of. I for a lineman, especially a guard, it you I guess he really only gets talked about if he's having an unbelievable year or he's bad. Right. If he's just really good, then he doesn't get that much love. Right. So as long as he's not talked about like Eric Flowers and yeah, or yeah, we would know if he was Eric Flowers and we would know if he was Zach Martin. Right. And yeah. uh, right now he's according to Pro Football Focus after six games. He's uh, 68.3, which is actually above average. He's ranked as the 22nd uh, best guard. So he's... Best guard in general or best right or left guard? Best guard, I believe. So for me, um, you know, I'm okay with that because I understand how difficult it is to to come out and play in the NFL, be 22 or whatever. I think based on some people's expectations, they might be disappointed in that. But, uh, you know, I would label him as a good player for them. Uh, certainly not great uh, at this point. Who else is a bottom five team? Uh, I think uh, Arizona obviously is is going to have a tough year as it goes on. Buffalo obviously plays hard, uh, but they um, I think they especially if they if there are any issues with Allen's health and they have to play Peterman. I mean, wow, it's going to be bad. Yeah. As far as y'all know, what's the deal on? Uh, Alan, what's his injury? I believe it was his shoulder. I think it was an arm, like a forearm, a wrist type. So, how long deal. is he going to be out? Have they said anything today? I don't. I haven't seen anything. They haven't re- released anything yet. Okay, so that'll be interesting because that's going to be the difference in I think two or three wins for them. I just think Peterman is that outmatched. I like Peter, Peter uh, Peterman. Peterman is a punchline. 
in the national media, which I don't really appreciate. I mean, he didn't ask to be put on that team. Um, he plays hard. He prepares hard. He played at Tennessee before he transferred to Pitt. I like him, but he is absolutely outmatched. Allen's injury is an injured ulnar collateral ligament in his ligament in his right elbow. That doesn't sound. Do they say of good. of? Do they say of what severity? It just said injured ligament. All right. Well, but it hasn't been doom and gloom yet. For for yeah. from the team so far. Yikes! Well, hopefully for their sake and his sake, uh, he can come back and play and get some experience this year. Um, the Giants, uh, I think, clearly are going to be a really bad team. Um, and um, Landon, you've got 49ers, Colts, Giants, Raiders, Cardinals. That's a good bottom five. That makes you feel better about being a Titans fan because I think uh, we already have three wins. I think most of those uh, teams are going to struggle to have three. Three wins this season. I think they're all really bad. What about Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay's interesting. Uh, they have some talent, um, especially on offense. <laughs> Winston has been okay, so I see them as a five or six win team. Absolutely. They fired Mike Smith, say. I think, their defensive coordinator yep. today. Yeah, yeah, I could see that coming. And they're still riding the Fitz magic, so I don't yeah. think they can be bottom five yet, just from what he was able to do. No, they've got too much talent, I think, to, to do that. But I, I don't see them as a as a contender or anything. I see them as more of a six-win team, um, which is kind of what they've been off and on for a while. They've been not bad enough, um, you know, to just bottom out, really, since uh, Jameis Winston. But they've been like the 10 or 11 pick there, kind of whatever. So we'll kind of see what happens with them. I guess we have to actually talk Titans. Um, after 24 hours... John, give me your initial thoughts on what we witnessed yesterday. <sighs> you sure? If you've got the heart to do it, I know it might be tough. It does hurt because I saw a team who looked like absolute trash. And I really didn't like it. So, for context, John and I go to all the games. We've never left early. We left at halftime, and it was just this prevailing feeling we both had. Um, we don't like being those fans, but and I, I can't sit here and say effort per se, but the execution and the pre- obvious pre- lack of preparation, it was just like uh, in the weather. Uh, it was just sort of like, why are we here? Why do we need to be here for this? It seemed for anybody who's uh, kind of um, a football fan that pays attention, you could just see that they, that was going nowhere. Uh, that that's how I felt anyways. John, you, you had the same sentiment? Yeah, I just felt disgusted by the whole game that we had seen. You know, offense wasn't clicking, defense wasn't clicking, you know, special teams marginal at best. I mean, our best players arguably throughout this season did not see the field, and that is Ryan Suckup. And, I mean, obviously, um, Kern saw the field, but... It just, it was not a good look. And there were multiple times where you had said that they, the Ravens had come to play. And clearly, in those types of situations, one team comes to play and the other either matches them or they fall to them. And that clearly was the case yesterday. 
Uh, Landon, how did we get from two weeks ago one of the one of the best moments for a Titans fan in twenty years to beat the Super Bowl champion Eagles on the last play to literally of all the games that have been played in NFL history, being the first team to give up eleven sacks and being a team that punted on every possession. Now, how, how do we go from that to that in 14 days? Well, first of all, I think it should be noted that, and this is not an excuse for how badly the team performed, injuries definitely hurt the team as far as leadership and depth went. Will Compton and Wesley Woodyard are two of the top four linebackers on this team, and both were out. So we had Darren Bates, who is primarily a, special teamer on the field for third downs. And Woodyard, as well as Walker, who's out for the year, have been easily the biggest, most impactful leaders on this team. And both have been gone the past two weeks. I think it's... And you could see it in the locker room after the Philly win, where Lawan and a lot, a lot of the guys were getting all excited and talking about how they there wasn't any respect from the media and how... I guess just kind of an arrogance that they felt they had earned because they had just beat the champions while Vrabel was trying to settle them in and get them to focus. Then they go up to Buffalo. Obviously, Nick Williams drops that touchdown, and I'm not sure if the defense does end up stopping the Bills on that last drive, but regardless, the team just... It was almost like a mini hangover for the week where we we're, the highs were so high from the Philly game that we just kind of mailed it in against the Bills because we had just been the the champions. And then this week, I think it was a combination of last week against the Bills and just... I don't even know what to say. Like, from the beginning of the game, after the Titans' first drive when Marietta got sacked twice, I believe, it was just there's absolutely no energy whatsoever in any part of the on any part of the team. Like there is absolutely no emotion whatsoever. Because even in the years when they were off when they were picking second, first second and first, that one stretch, mm-hmm. there's still emotion in there's there's some feeling of energy on the sideline. This game, I'm not sure if it was the weather, just Buffalo the loss from Buffalo. But whatever it was, it was just after that first drive and those demoralizing sacks, it was just, it was almost like they were knocked out of the game emotionally and the Ravens actually came to play. Yeah. It didn't help that the first two drives they had, especially the first one, were long touchdown drives with multiple third down conversions. They kind of weighed down the defense. They did. They put them to sleep a bit there and, mm-hmm. and they had that plan. You're right. It's a good point. And to that point about, I I can't question the effort per se. I didn't see checked out players, but the energy, like you mentioned. Um, John, you you mentioned that too, but how do you go from what we saw um, in the Eagles game where receivers blocking, we saw all this, we saw the team playing like their head coach, as they told us, just all out to – this to that to this just lack of lack of energy it's kind of like this big fella you know like when someone that you work with or somebody you know is acting really strangely 
or there's a relationship, there's just something you don't understand. You say, there's something I don't know here. There's a variable. Somebody has some kind of problem where there's something behind the scenes. I don't know everything. That's the kind of way I feel about this team. Like, there's something going on. I don't know if it's a locker room. I don't know what's going on. That I, I don't think we have all the facts because how do you go from that high to that low in two weeks? I would agree. I think a lot of it is you know, I really honestly don't know a lot of it because it is very strange because in all the years, I think it's been hard <clears throat> to question the effort of our Titans, although I questioned a lot of it yesterday. I mean, I know you said that you thought everybody still played hard, but having played before, to give up 11 sacks, 11. Yeah, Absolutely. And they weren't bringing eight every single play. I mean, they were bringing no, a lot. They didn't blitz uh, half the time. They blitzed some, but absolutely, they just got after them. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like our offensive line was not prepared to play that game mentally. you got to be prepared to play the Ravens on a wet field. And they didn't look like they were. Nope. And uh, when they max protect, they still, it didn't matter. And it was like there's nothing they could do. And I just don't think they understood – um, what they were getting into. I, and I know people can criticize, you know, sometimes Lawan's body language or his approach to the media, and he seems a little immature. And, you know, I'm okay with that. He's a good player, and I, I realize he's a unique individual. But sometimes uh, you wonder about the professionalism and the preparation because they weren't ready. Hmm. And Baltimore had a systematic plan to beat them, and they executed, I mean, terrifically. But 11 sacks, I mean, there's just no excuse for that. You can't hide behind anything when you give up 11 sacks. Yep. Let me ask you guys both this. Um, you're John Robinson. You get a call tomorrow from the Lions. Uh, front office. And they say, look, we read the article on ESPN where the... Where the um, Ideal trades. We saw Tajay Sharp and a fourth rounder for Golden Tate. Obviously, to have a veteran guy that could come in and catch passes would have been nice yesterday. Sometimes we just needed to convert a third down. We needed somebody that could catch the ball, catch a wet ball. We needed a guy like that. He has an expiring contract. Um... He's playing well this year. He's played well the last several years on different teams. Um, if they called you and they said, look, you know, what's the number as in draft compensation? We don't necessarily expect you to give us sharp, but what are you willing to give us draft compensation-wise? What, what, what's your answer? John, you first. For Golden Tate? Yep. I don't really think we need him. We've talked about that oh, before. I, I disagree. I, I just think he would help. And uh, you, These guys don't solve your problems, but watching that game yesterday, it would have been nice to have a sure-handed guy that's willing to go over the middle, catch a wet ball. I, I just think I, I like I like our top three guys. I do think if Tajay Sharper's our fourth receiver, we're going to see less of – I think it might have been him catching that ball instead of Nick Williams. I do think we could use another guy. So you're saying – Nothing. You're saying sixth round, seventh round. At best. I mean, you know, I could be talked into a fifth rounder. 
Um, but that's the most I'd even consider. Landon? I would say at the most, at the absolute most, I would say a fourth is pushing it. I think a third is out of the table no matter what because he's in a contract year and more so is the fact that even though they're still leading this division, I don't expect this team to make it far into the playoffs. So this third round pick is not likely going to be in the almost at 90. It's likely to be closer to 80. And that's a high pick to give up on on this team where we definitely have some holes that need to be filled with high picks. A fourth obviously still hurts, but at the same time, it's just there's no one on this team outside of Davis that is a consistent, legitimate receiver. I think we won that Philly game. I think game. Taylor's getting there. Uh, yeah. I think Taylor's getting there, but you're 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 you're, you're mostly right. I, I feel Taylor has a skill set and the type of plays that he sh- that he needs to be put into to succeed. He is not a. I wouldn't say he's an all-around receiver that we can rely on for anything. But after the Philly game where Davis broke out. Teams have just doubled him and dared anyone else to get wide open, and rightfully so. I mean, Taewon Taylor is fast and slippery with the ball in his hands, but route running and getting open aren't his best abilities in the intermediate field. Tajay Sharp is never going to be seen as a guy who is fast, and he has shown the ability to make the tough catch, but at the same time, ideally you want him as your fourth receiver. Yeah. Then we cut... Then Nick Williams, obviously, that wasn't the easiest catch in the world, but for any NFL wide receiver, that's a catch you got to make. And that, and at that point, I think part of it was the Matthews injury has just shifted everything because if Matthews had just right. waited and came back, now we would have Davis as a number one drawing attention, Matthews finally being able to play as a number two receiver, Taylor out of the slot, and Sharp as a reliable four-string wide receiver. But that hasn't happened. So now it's it's Davis who has shown the ability to be great and a bunch of, I, went, I would say, misfits in some extent just because their skill sets don't match the need we have for them. Yeah, I, you know, I know all NFL teams have attrition. Yeah, but... You know, when a guy is really good, I mean, great for years. You under you underestimate his contribution to a team, and I think Delaney Walker. You just wonder if Delaney Walker uh, plays yesterday, especially if he plays at Buffalo. I don't think we lose that game, and uh, you know we're all frustrated. But you know, losing Walker, losing Woodyard. We've looked like a different team, a different defense after losing Woodyard. Um, and I just think we maybe we have to cut them a little slack and hope, obviously, uh, this coaching staff can coach our guys up and they can rebound and salvage the season. Uh, but uh, I would you all agree? I mean, I think we're really missing. We have some key losses. If we have 2017 Richard Matthews, um, you know, that's the exactly the player we would need. Exactly the player. I agree. We would need. We don't have it. And Walker has been our best offensive player for five years. And uh, Woodyard has been calling our plays, uh, and it's made 
steady improvement. He's just we he's the last guy we needed to miss. And um, you know, it's just been tough. We're gonna get him back, obviously not Walker, obviously not Matthews, but hopefully we can move forward the best we can. Silver lining is big fella. We're three and three. We uh, hold the tiebreaker. Um, this is in true. the south. Is this giving you any optimism? Obviously, Houston has won three straight. Um, moving forward, though, I would love to say I have optimism going forward, but until Woodyard is back, and I've talked about it before, I think Vicaro was a yeah, fantastic a free agent He really signing. was perfect, yeah. And he was exactly what we needed to have at the exact right time. So until Woodyard and Vaccaro come back, I'm... Landon, what's the latest on Vaccaro? That's a really good point. We, we Vaccaro impressed me a lot. Early. Actually, uh, her, before when I was eating dinner, I was watching the Monday Night Talk with um, Mike Vrabel, and he seemed to think that Vaccaro could be back this week. The injury, what I believe it was the Philly game he was hurt. I believe it was diagnosed as a two to four week injury. So this okay. is just the end of week. This is the start of week three. Okay. So I believe the bye is after the Chargers game. Right, it is. And that, that'll be really good timing, I think, for us. And, and uh, the word is... Um, yeah, Woodard will be a is expected to be a full participant in practice this week, right? I believe so. He's, I believe they've kept him out. So we should get him. him back. Okay. Yeah. So I would say Vicaro is Good. on schedule for when he was projected to return. Okay. But so it, the game being in London might complicate things because of the travel and the the new stress being put on the players. That's right. So, um, big fellow, this the timing of this game and going all the way to London could seem obviously to be poor, but you never know. I mean, this team could rally there. Uh, they could be good to get away. Um, the Chargers are a very talented team. They are also not wildly consistent. They're up and down. Well, historically they've been. Uh, but this year they look good. I mean, do you – I think we're going to be written off after the last two weeks. I by think the we'll be written media. off. What, what do you? What's your gut feelings uh, for Sunday morning? I think we'll be written off, which I think is a good thing because, you know, regardless of what's happened, you got to admit, you know, whenever people go to London, it seems like the playing field is leveled a little bit, and you know, sometimes the worst team, they get some London magic in the air. I don't know what it is, but it just seems oh, like yeah. every year. These London games, they're off schedule. They're in the morning for us. It just seems like there's always something a little different in the air. Um, so I give us a fighter's chance. The thing I don't like is, you know, San Diego, their offensive attack is to chuck the ball downfield for big plays, which historically and currently is always our downfall. Even if we sign Malcolm Butler and Logan Ryan and draft a Dory yeah. Jackson and have Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah, I feel like we've been better this year, but last year, of course, we were maybe the worst or second worst team on yep. uh, against the deep pass last year. So, whereas I think we have improved there, yeah, it, the matchup isn't great. It could be a long day, but you're right. Uh, Landon, it just, when you go to London, you never know. Like we saw sure. Jacksonville uh, beat Baltimore by 58 points or whatever last year. 
you just really don't know. I mean, what who's going to show up or uh, how they're going to show up over there makes it interesting. Also terrifying. Uh, we look like a candidate to not show up since we didn't show up uh, in our own stadium and we're shut out at our own stadium for the first time since the team's been in Nashville. It doesn't bode well. It, I, you never know. Yeah, I mean... Vrabel said himself that the team is going to practice until, you know, here at home until Thursday and head to London on Thursday. Me personally, I would try to go. I would try to go as soon as possible and get the players acclimated um, because it's going to be a different environment. It's going to be a long plane ride. A lot of things to think about. um, But they're going to do most of their prep here and then head over as late as possible. He said that's what they've gotten as far as advice from other teams who have done it. So I will be interested to see what happens. Um, I hope to start my Sunday off with a nice big old fat W. Yeah, same here. I I will say uh, this team has disappointed me greatly in the last two weeks. But I do think there's character on this team. I know there's character in Drell Casey who has played well through all this. Um, he's He's been a near-dominant player. Uh, through six weeks, uh, there is good leadership left on this team. I think Vrabel himself is a good leader. I expect this team uh, to rally. I expect them to, to be embarrassed and humbled by the situation, and I think they'll be focused, and, and hopefully this will be a turning point. After that 58 nothing beating in 2008, um, the Titans and Jeff Fisher took uh, in New England in the snow, they rallied. Uh, and well, I think they won what six of seven games. Um, I, I I think there's a lot of looking in the mirror this week. There are some limitations to injuries and and all that, but this is a talented team. I think it needs to start with Taylor DeJuan, the rest of the offensive line, especially the interior uh, offensive line. Ta- Taylor DeJuan did not play poorly through six weeks, but he's been above average. He's got to be better than that for us and. Um, he needs and to be elite because we paid him he like he's an elite player. Absolutely. And the, that offensive line is situated for us to have two elite tackles. So, um, we'll see. Uh, I, I do think there's character on this team. Uh, y'all tell me what you think. I, I do, I, I'm optimistic in that way that I, I do think we'll, we'll, we'll see these guys respond. I am cautiously optimistic as well, although the schedule doesn't, I mean, it's not brutal afterwards, but it doesn't get easier. You know, we'll have the Chargers, and we have our bye. Then we go to the, go to Dallas, come home for New England. Right. We'll go to Indianapolis, go to Houston, home for the Jets, home for the Jags. Go to New York for the Giants, then finish out at home for the Redskins and Colts. It's a winnable schedule. There yeah, are some obviously is. tough tough games ahead. I think the hardest will be the Chargers, and the Patriots, uh, and obviously playing the Jags again, they're going to want a revenge game. But Yeah, absolutely. But I think we've, we bode well against them. I like our chances. Obviously, look at our recent track record. Yep. I'm going to leave you guys with this. Uh, Landon, you answer first. Um, obviously, Derek Morgan is going to be out a week or two, and that hurts for a team that basically generated zero pass rush last week. Let's talk about what you think about that, where that pass rush is going to come if we do see it on Saturday. And um, y'all talk about a lone kind of silver lining on that side of the ball last yesterday was 
I do feel like Rashawn Evans knocked off the rust, and we did see some glimmers from him. Uh, what do you think, Lynn? Well, obviously, Morgan being out is a problem for our defense, but it com- this is probably the best time for him to come out if he had to, since we have the London game and the bye week coming up, so we have time to recover. Obviously, Arakpo, Casey are the big names up front, and this seems like a, the prime time for Harold Landry. He's shown flashes, I would say, and he's been pre- he's been pretty good throughout all of his games, but now with Morgan out, he's going to have a much bigger workload. And Correa has been healthy the past couple weeks, which has been big, and he's been a valuable rotational player. Then, like you said, Ev- Evans will likely get some time in as a pass rusher as that was a big part of his time in Alabama where he lined up at linebacker and was just asked to blitz and tackle and not play as an instinctual and cerebral game as some other linebackers play. It can be a boomer bust game as far as pass rushing goes because after this past game, and I understand that Marshall Yonda and Ronnie Stanley are two great offensive players, and part of the thing is Dean Pease continues to call these four-man pressures that continue to not create pressure and fail, especially, I believe, on that third and 17 when he when we rushed four. We couldn't get any pressure, and Flacco eventually found the first down. So I can see it either being Landry, Evans, Correa, step up and have an impact or their lack of experience in this team and just the overall atmosphere of this team just bog us down. We continue to get a little pressure and Philip Rivers just has all day to enjoy himself. John, um, Joe Flacco was hurried once yesterday. No That's sacks. a terrifying statistic. I will not I will not lie to you, but I I'll tell you what. It's, Any you're not, NFL quarterback with blood running those veins is going to light up the other team when he when he uh, when he has that lack of pressure. Uh, what what do you as far as the pass rush goes, which I think obviously is so important uh, to Sunday and their offensive attack, are, are we going to see are we going to see now that Morgan is going to be out of complete? Sir, is this is this Landry's opportunity? I know somebody we're all high on. Is this Landry's opportunity to to, to shine and step up? Well, fellas, I'll, I'll tell say you what. Further step up. I, I think he's looked good when we've seen him already. I will tell you what. Derek Morgan has been one of my all-time favorite Titans that we've drafted. Um, I think he's one of our best defensive players we've drafted since my man, the freak Javon Curse. So it's not going to be easy to replace a guy like that, whether it's for one play, one week, one month, whatever it is. But. I'll tell you who I'm also excited about. My boy Harold Landry. I think him getting more opportunities can be a really good thing. And especially like you both talked about, uh, Rashawn Evans. It looked like this week he did knock some rust off. Um, He did make some nice tackles. I will look forward to him building off of that and getting used to playing in the National Football League. But I really think it's going to be a really big day for Harold Landry. It needs to be a big day for him. 
you know, and it needs to be yeah, a big day. Somewhere. Yeah, yep. It, it also, we've seen a lot of really good things from Correa this year, and I think he can build on that as well. So hopefully we won't miss, I mean, we're always going to miss Derek Morgan, but hopefully we won't notice it too bad and we can finally generate some sort of a pass rush and make this uh, Phillip Rivers run a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he's had time this year. He's got weapons, and uh, he loves to play uh, against the Titans. Um, and he's from <coughs> North Alabama. He's, uh, I mean, he's just going to be a tough out. But uh, I'm excited to see it. I'm already, I've gone through all the emotions, and uh, I'm a naturally optimistic person anyway, so I'm sort of done. Uh, if you listen to talk radio this morning on your drive in or drive out, it was just like, people are ridiculous. Uh, black people had problems with Mariota. Look, Mar- Mar- Mariota was not Montana yesterday, but when you when you are being hit within two and a half seconds, I mean, what are you supposed to do? I mean, the guy had no time. There were several examples Lane was telling me earlier where, I mean, the, the guy couldn't even drop finish his drop back. He couldn't even finish his seven-step drop before somebody was on. I mean, what do we expect him to do? So, I don't know. He didn't have a lot of time, and you know what? We've got a lot of young receivers, and they've got a really good secondary. So you add all those things up, and it just spells a terrible day for Marcus, not even to mention the weather. So, you know, I think it's a lot of stuff to take into consideration, but time to move on. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to it. I I like these weird, uh, uh, we haven't had this with the Titans, just a breakfast game. This game is going to kick off, what, 8.30 Central? Uh, just something different, much like this the the 3:30 game. You know that we don't get a lot of afternoon games. I think, you know, it's fun, something different. So I'm going to check out from uh, from this funk that we're in, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna choose to see silver lining, be excited about Evans' play, uh, be excited about Landry, and just trust these guys are gonna look in the mirror and come out and and, and at least show effort and uh, energy on Sunday.